0: campfire fireside chats
1: this show is created for adult audiences only our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information we strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing let's begin welcome campers to this week's fireside chat today we have one of our best friends back for a third appearance on the show Fresh off the whirlwind experience that was Small Town Monsters, Monster Fest. He talks through some of the incredible success that he's found this year. The release of his book, The Texas Dogman Triangle, and of course its accompanying documentary film, and some personal changes that have supported him along the way. We talk about Dogman, classic UFO cases, haunted spots in Texas, and what it's like to be a weirdo at office parties. This conversation, as is always the case when Aaron comes around, was fascinating and hilarious. I just always have the best time. Um, Make sure you check out the links in the show notes and support Aaron in everything he does. You will not be disappointed. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy this fireside chat with Aaron Deese.
0: All right, Aaron Deese, welcome back to the show hello thank you yes good to be back this is my first hat trick this is the first show i've i've conned my way onto three times so yes thank you. awesome or <laughs> <We're> honored.
1: honored <laughs> honestly um i think the only other guest that has been on three times has been heather mosher yeah so you're in good
0: company okay hell yeah <laughs> yeah heather's good people i could go on about how heather is very good people yeah i Unless, okay,
1: unless you count, because Carly, um, Carly also did a round table and two individuals. So I guess she has been on three times. Okay. But the, the round table was sort of its own thing.
0: Okay. Um, well, you know, we should, st- we should still give it to her. Still, yeah. You know, still good company. Yeah. 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 So three, Yeah. I'll take that.
1: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Dude, I'm, we have so much to catch up on we do so we it do. hasn't even been that long since you've been on the show and i feel like so much has happened it has life is yeah.
0: life is is crazy <laughs> yeah all the time <laughs> especially for you lately it has I mean, been yeah in a good way
1: yeah in a good way so i mean obviously
0: the headline is your fucking book came out it did it did (laughs) (laughs) it sold out at monster fest um which blew my mind because i thought ah, maybe we'll sell 10 maybe 20 you know if i'm if i'm lucky um no it was gone in the first like i guess the first hour but the doors kind of opened early um and people were i was signing copies before 10 a.m so that's awesome and then it it was gone i don't know how many they brought but they brought a few cases yeah um so I don't know, I'm still I'm still unpacking that. <laughs> <laughs> Fair
1: enough.
0: <laughs> oh man, that is wild. That's it's nuts.
1: It's, I mean, to small town monsters' credit, they have really made you like the headline of what they're doing the last few months. Like they I- have been pushing you and the doc and the
0: book constantly. They 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 have been very supportive of the project, yeah yeah, and, that, and that's been really exciting to to be a part of because when you start as a fan, you know, of anything, of any medium in any community when you start yep. as a fan and then you get the chance to engage but, you know, also engage with people at a level that you didn't think you were, it's just really surreal <laughs> Dude, beyond it's, engaging with them, you've like been championed by them that's you know nuts. what I mean? that's yeah. nuts. I keep, I, 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 I don't, I don't know, man. And, <laughs> and I got to hand it. I really have to hand it to Seth and Heather and the rest of the crew for like, just giving me a shot, you know, yeah. cause I, I could have been a fraud. I could have been full of nonsense. You could have um, been I a terrible writer. Yeah, I could have been a terrible <laughs> writer. I could have been, you, you know, a, a jerk. Like, yeah, you know, you could know, have been I, flaky I, I, and not I, show up to shoots, and yeah, so I, and potential I potential problems. I, I am all those things on some days. So, <laughs> you know, but fortunately, most of my interactions with them have been on different days. I guess. That's <laughs> no, but like they're just good people, man. They're they're a pleasure to work with. They've treated me really well, um, you know, personally and professionally. They're just they're good people.
1: Yeah, my experience has told me the same mm-hmm. it um I you know we talked immediately as soon as you got news that they were gonna that you were gonna get to do the book with them right and yeah I that's I was so excited
0: dude it's I remember yeah yeah' <laughs> so I excited you couldn't keep it to myself it's like I gotta tell somebody yeah of course <laughs> of course the,
1: that news is too big so congratulations on all that dude Thank Seriously. You. It's thank you. Super proud for real. I appreciate
0: it, man. Your your support has been uh instrumental. You're actually in the acknowledgments page. I know. I saw that. So, and
1: thank you so much. That no, like that course. really meant a lot to me to see that.
0: Yeah. No, you I, gotta you gotta I, I felt from the beginning it was very important to um thank the people that helped me pull this thing off. So no, yeah, of course. Absolutely.
1: So that, I mean that kind of segues perfectly into Monster Fest,
0: because yeah, you you're just kind of you just came off that. Yeah, it's been less I than mean, a week. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and, and I'm actually I'm glad we're having this conversation now because I haven't had much of an opportunity to really uh, unpack it, and <laughs> well, I expect that process will take several months. Yeah, but yeah, you know. I mean, get started. <laughs> How I mean, I it mean, was it was just great, dude. Like. You know, you, you kind of envision in your head how things are going to go and how much fun they're going to be and how stoked you're going to be the whole time. And then every once in a while, um, reality exceeds your expectations. And, yeah. and it, it was fantastic. And, and again, you have to hand it to the Small Town Monsters crew because n- not even just for a first year event, it went really well. For a first year event, it did really well. For any event, it went really well. For any yeah. any convention you've ever been to, it went really well. I've been to video game conventions, and I worked I, I worked South by Southwest a few times in Austin. Like mm-hmm. for any convention, it went really, really well. Um, you know, and everybody did, worked so hard, did so much, and like just. You know, I, I was a guest, so I kind of got to be behind the scenes, but I didn't have a lot of responsibility. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just, like, watching how hard they were all working, I was like, God dang. Like You were in you the know. sweet spot. Oh, yeah, that's the best way to go. Like, yeah. you know, not not vendor, not organizer, guest. Because yes. <laughs> you just get to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that, that seems like the general
1: consensus from everyone I've talked to who attended is the that like <clears throat> it was one of the best first year events probably ever put on
0: in the scene absolutely like, absolutely and I and, and, and you know uh, cryptid bash for also for a first year event was incredible and amazing and they really yeah. raised the standard I think um, you know s- small town monsters everything they do everything they touch is gold so it, it was it was good to, to see both of those first year events take off and be amazing but yeah. also do very different things, you know. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. It um, I wanted to see more live podcasting.
0: I felt yeah. like, you know, I didn't get to go to any of those. I, <laughs> I wanted to. There was, was so much I wanted to do, but dude, I was all over the place. I don't even remember. I was. I that. should give them
1: the credit because no one's doing it, and they actually did it. And it's something that like Ryan and I have been harping about for like the last two years is like when you go to uh, when you go to like a horror convention, if you go to like um, Comic-Con, if you go to anything like that, they have live podcasts going the entire time the doors are open. Mm-hmm. Like because yeah. all these niche um, interests, you know, all these all these niches have their backbone now is
0: podcasting
1: Mm. like that. I mean, pretty much. Right. And, um, especially ours. I was going to say,
0: yeah. Weird folks like us that talk to microphones, like, yeah, you know, absolutely. uh, Everybody can and does start a podcast. And I think that's great. I think that's a great thing, but there's a lot of, a 40 and podcasts out there. Yeah. Yeah. it, It has become like, like a very accepted medium you yep. know, for our field. Yeah. I just, in the future,
1: I would love to see at conventions just from the time the door opens to the time they close, they should have a room dedicated to live podcasting where it's like an option for, for visitors the entire day.
0: Yeah. And you I know? could see that. I could see that happening because yeah. every room that I walked into was packed, you yep. know, every, every, I, I popped out to the speaker hall a few times. Every time I went down there, just stacked with people and everyone's so enthusiastic so enthusiastic yeah. you know we had a full full room with with people standing in the back and squeezing in on the sides for the screening of the dog man triangle yeah. um which also blew my mind <laughs> in the best possible way um and i think if the room had been bigger if the hotel had been able to accommodate more people in that space i think the room probably would have been even fuller so yeah. i i could see that i could see that happening you know in the future just betting how things go. I don't know anything. I'm just guessing, yeah. you know. I know I I saw um Jeremiah from
1: Bigfoot Society, mutual friend mm-hmm. of ours, when he did his. I mean, I saw pictures that I was so proud of that too cuz that room was fucking packed.
0: I was so I stoked mean, on Jeremiah full. this the whole weekend and I think he and I were in similar like huge states of states of disbelief. Yeah, like how yeah. what what is this (laughs) like how did we get to this table literal table two two seats over from cliff Barockman. how did this happen you know (laughs) and jeremiah is one of the kindest most genuine warmest people you'll ever meet so getting to hang out with him this that was the first time he and i have ever met in person we've been you know communicating online for two over two years so just a very cathartic experience getting to be there, but then also getting to be there with people who have supported you and, and yep. help helped you to get there. It was, it was, yeah, it awesome. was really, it's really great. Yeah.
1: Oh man. That's you're right. I think you're probably going to be unpacking this event for quite a while.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. my God. Like I, I, I mean, we, we, a... we, we could spend this whole interview just, yeah. and I, I could re- regale you with, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. with fun, fun and, and memorable encounters I had with, you know, both friends and people that I'm a huge fan of. I do have to talk about one. I met Richard Haddam. The writer of the, you know, the screenplay for the Mothman Prophecies. And that movie changed my life. That movie, if you go back far enough, is probably the reason you and I are having this conversation. So, and, and... Yeah, you know I've, I've wanted to meet him for so long and then he gives me a hug and a handshake tells me he wants to read my book thanks me for coming <laughs> up and talking to him takes pictures with me stops again later in the hotel lobby and says hi to me and i'm just like w- yeah. what <laughs> treats, treats you like a peer yeah yeah such yeah. a cool dude such a, somebody i've respected and admired for 20 years you that's know, amazing. Shaking my hand and saying I can't wait to read your book. Crazy stuff. Gave me his email address. Crazy yeah. stuff. <laughs> that's yeah, that's incredible.
1: I I wonder if he knew when he was writing that like this is going to shape an entire generation of weirdos. I don't
0: you know, know I mean? how maybe yeah, he had to he had to know that he was onto something special. Um because nobody had done that and I don't think anybody's done that since then. Like told a story through fiction based around what is effectively urban legend in the minds of most people. Yeah. Um, But to do it in such a human way, like that's a beautifully written story. Even if you take out the paranormal aspects, beautifully written story about love and loss and moving on and, and,
1: you know, navigating
0: life. Yeah. Just a beautiful story. So, you know, I'll die on that hill. I'll fight anybody on that one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'd love to see like a comparison between his experience while writing the screenplay and Keel's experience writing the book.
0: Oh, that would be a that would be a fun question. I do have his email address now. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll. Maybe we'll find. Maybe maybe we'll find out. <laughs> yeah, keep that one in mind. Because
1: um, you know, Keel had lots of. He felt like the phenomena was sort of intertwining with his own personal life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. A lot. It, it,
0: it came and, to a point where he was no longer just a spectator. He was an active right. participant. Um,
1: oh, and you know, some uh, of that was getting fucked with by Gray Barker. <laughs>
0: but sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. Which is also a big, you know, that's part of it too. Right. That's yeah. part of that. Their relationship is a part of the Mothman lore.
0: Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's
1: all built in
0: kind but, of subjective nature also of how we experience these things and
1: yeah absolutely you know,
0: like somebody's screwing with you and you spent months and months researching this red-eyed flying ass thing you that know screws of course, with you. <laughs> yeah of course yeah. it's going to strike an immediate chord become part of the narrative yeah it's really fascinating yeah. yeah
1: it is um so let's talk a little bit about your process so i know you wrote you wrote the bulk of the book before filming the movie, but then you went back to the book to finish it after, right? Is that right?
0: Yes. Yeah, I started the manuscript in... I started the manuscript proper, um, just kind of pulling together notes and drafting and stuff in... Uh, April of last year. And then we found out that we were having a baby... Um, less than a month later i think it was 2 weeks later oh, the <laughs> and universe. then I, I, yeah of course <laughs> two yeah. things i've always wanted to do happening at the exact same time both of which yep. require a lot of time um and without mm-hmm. sarah's like support and patience and like being willing to carry a lot of the load of that time by herself you know or at least largely by herself this never would have happened yeah. um, you know in a lot of ways she she helped she was my my co writer on this thing because it just wouldn't have happened. I um, mean,
1: behind every great writer, there's a woman who somehow doesn't mind living with a great writer.
0: Yeah, right. exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I I I should have been kicked out months ago, but yeah, um, <laughs> I understand completely. No, like she really, she really is the linchpin of this whole thing for me. And um, the book is dedicated to our son, but really, like you know, I wanted to put both of them in there <laughs> on that line. But anyway, um, but then I finished it in August of last year, and then we did the filming, and we did all our crazy travel in Texas. Um, in October, and then after that, there was a little bit of time before everything had to go to print, um, and there were some chapters I, I had to update. I had to because we met people during the film shoot that I had researched and read about, and then Heather Moser, being the Sh- Sherlock Holmes of, of research, I don't I don't know how she does it. She tracks yeah. some of these people down. Like she's a true star wizard. She really is like w- one, one guy we talked to, I had read about his story and, and put it in the book, but all, all I had was a Twitter or not a Twitter handle, uh, a Reddit handle, uh, yeah. a Reddit username. And she started with that Reddit username and actually found the guy. And we got to interview him for the movie. Like, that's amazing. That's it. Yes. That's It's insane. And then that's a minor example. We talked to James Winter about the, uh, plum Creek monster. And yep. that's one that, that, Still, even after talking to him, we don't know what the hell it was. But that's I was an gonna original. Ask, do, you, do you think the Plum Creek Monster was a was Canid? I think so. I do think, think so. That? Yeah, I don't okay. think it was a primate because uh, I
1: know there's some debate back and forth
0: on on that one. Yeah, based on Mister Winter's description and talking to him, it was distinctly hyena-like. Okay, uh, and these these. Creatures that we equate with dogmen or that we refer to as dogmen often are described as hyena like. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's it's like some of a the specific
1: other... subtype, right? Yeah.
0: Uh, aren't there like numbers?
1: There there's like a type one or
0: I feel like there's, there's like there's a kinda, classification yeah. system, right? There there is. I don't use it really, okay. um, mostly because my research is specifically focused on Texas and because we don't see, at least in the accounts I've looked at or that I've been able to find, um, we don't see a whole lot of variation in appearance. Okay. Uh, they seem to kind of fit the profile of pointy ears, glowing eyes, either red or yellow. Those are the two colors that come up the most, okay. um, usually kind of in the German Shepherd category. Okay. The kind facial. you'd imagine
1: being in Texas. Honestly. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but you do you, you do get, hear like, stories the big and timber wolf
1: looking ones. Not, yeah. Get yeah. Of that.
0: And often and often you'll hear that term used, timber wolf. You're like, yeah. oh, I thought it was a timber wolf. Well, we don't have timber wolves here. And that's yeah, you know, of course, a part of the whole the whole discussion is what animals are supposed to be here versus right. what we're seeing. Um, but they're there as I understand it, if you go into other regions you get really deep. There are there are Different types and categories yeah. that are kind of described.
1: Um, I know. Apparently, Michigan seems to be the hub. It may that may that may just be because that's sort of where the the public understanding of it kind of jumped off initially, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. that that may be why they seem to get the most sightings. But they they seem to, from what I've from what I've heard, they're a place where. It's pretty much a crapshoot what which description you're gonna get. There are like yeah. several types and it's all over the board in Michigan.
0: And you could argue, you know, kinda like you said, that's really where this phenomena gained notoriety. Um, yeah, yeah, we wouldn't be having this conversation without Linda Godfrey. I've said yeah. that I've said that many times because I think it needs to be said. Yeah, um, absolutely. Um, so rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All honor to Linda Godfrey. Absolutely. Um, you know, and then you. But you could argue is it because people are paying more attention? Is it because we're manifesting and projecting this thing out into the world? Is it? Mm-hmm. Is it because there really is as diverse a, a genetic pool as we see in canines? Does that same diversity exist in dogmen in Texas? No, at least. Yeah. Not that we know yet. Um, yeah. I've already had three people reach out to me. Honestly, before the book even came out, just after pre-order started, um, say like, "Hey, you know, I might have seen something. I don't know what you think. Here's a description. I wish I'd talked to you six months ago because it would be in the book." Yeah. So, there's more. <laughs> there's I mean, a lot. There's a lot we don't know.
1: Again, yeah. you keep teeing me up for perfect segues because I wanted to ask you:
0: Are there plans for a second book? If there's enough data, if it's worth doing, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know, if we if we just hear about a few encounters, maybe we do a a second edition with updated information. Um, The goal was to get this, this information, get this story out there, Um, educate people a little bit on some of the strange history we have here in Texas. That's something I had a lot of fun with any, any town where there was a sighting or, you know, area where there was purported activity i would look into the other strange things that had happened there so i was able to you know sneak in all these cool little tidbits of texas history that you know don't necessarily have anything to do with dog med but do kind of stack under the pile of weird weird stuff that's Um, awesome yeah that's what i I was really hoping for i had a lot of fun with it yeah it was really very enjoyable and i, I talked to christina downs at the uh, texas folklore society she was yeah. a, a contributor um of course a bunch of cryptozoology guys here in texas ken gerhard lyle blackburn yeah. um, nick redford and they're all very knowledgeable on the history of texas and the folklore here so yeah. uh, michael mays uh uh Rod Nichols, a lot of people, man. Ugh, I, yeah. I, I, hes- I hesitate to start, you know, naming people, yeah, yeah. Uh, because I'm gonna forget somebody. But sure. you know, so many people made this thing possible. So, um,
1: so recently on the show, we covered the Wolf Girl of Devil's River. Are you familiar with that story?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, obviously, there's like a general conceptual connection. Right, between that concept and and a dog man. Right. Yeah. That's the um, wolf
0: girl of Carrizo Springs, correct, if I'm not mistaken. I think so. Yeah. I think another... it's another I think it's the same the same yeah, story. Yeah.
1: But um yeah, it's in the like uh Lake Espintosa. is the, the area where she was really seen a lot. Yeah. Yeah. But I just wonder if like you had any ideas about
0: any connections there. So so I've looked into that one. Actually, I have friends in that area um, and I I reached out to one of them kind of during the writing process like, have you heard of this? And and based on the research I've done, that seems to fall more in the the feral human category. Yeah. Um, It's mentioned in the book, uh, but I didn't include it as an element of the, quote, dogman triangle because it didn't fit that same profile of the upright walking wolf creature, you know. So yeah. scaring the hell out of people and then disappearing into the night you know right mm-hmm. yeah but i have, have heard sense. of that one it, it's one of those stories i want to dig more into especially because i do have area contacts i feel like you know given some time and some research it might be possible to get a little more hard data you yeah. know get past some of the urban legend which is again part of part of this process that i really really enjoy because all this stuff starts somewhere in reality yeah, you know absolutely even even if, and I'm not saying they are, but even if the versions we hear are greatly exaggerated, these things start somewhere. So,
1: yeah. yeah. I, that, that story fascinates me. It, it really does. And the geography of Lake Espinosa is super unique. Like, more nights than not, the lake is shrouded in fog. Mm-hmm. Just no we one really understands foggy why. Days. We get some foggy you know, days
0: out here in Texas, dude. Yeah. yeah, even downtown San Antonio, you'll some days um, nice. you can't see nothing. Can't see two yeah. buildings down. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. I think what like really captured my attention about that story is that it's like a drop in the bucket of the lore of the area. Like there, are, you know, ghost stories upon ghost stories. Like spectral armies walking, seen walking out of the yes. lake.
0: Yes. And like,
1: dude, there's so much. There's like yeah. a ghost wagon that people hear. There's I mean, the, they hear like all of it and they it's like a... The People have like stood in the middle of the road hearing like a wagon come straight toward them and there's nothing there. Yeah. And it, then they te- hear it behind them.
0: Texas is like deep, deeply haunted. The, the Compeche yeah. Devil Dogs, the Lubbock Lights, which is more of a mm-hmm. UFO thing, but still it's, it's part of it. Yeah. Know. Every major city is saturated with cryptid sightings and yeah. hauntings, and Bigfoot. Bigfoot's all over this state. You know, oh, yeah. we we hear a lot about the northern areas and the, the Pacific Northwest. Um, my hope and my my thinking is that we're probably going to hear more about Bigfoot in Texas in the coming years because there's just a lot, and the community down here is huge. It's enormous. Yeah. Um, you know, some of Maybe the most that's haunted your second low- book. Oh, maybe. Well, Lyle Blackburn already did Bigfoot in Texas. He nailed that yeah. one. Um, yeah, that's true. So may- maybe I could write a book about why people should read Lyle Blackburn's book. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he'd appreciate that. <laughs> and he did he did write the forward for my book. By the way, I forgot yeah. to mention that earlier. Um, yeah, that's awesome. Forward by Lyle Blackburn. Gosh, I can't believe I can't believe I to say that out loud. Anytime uh, you can get your forward
1: but, written by a guy with a goatee, that sweet. You got to jump yeah. on it. And know? he's also
0: such a cool guy, man. Like I've yeah. met him in person now two or three times. And we've talked on the phone a few times just over the course of this project. Such a nice guy. I mean, very. That's awesome. Know, somebody at his level, you know, it, for, he's so humble. So down to earth. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. We have some of the most haunted buildings in America, in Texas, the Menger Hotel, the, the Magnolia Hotel. You know, mm-hmm. any area you go in Texas, whether it's a small town in the middle of nowhere or it's a big city, pretty good chance you're going to run into at least one or two, you know, urban legends or paranormal encounters. Yeah. It, it's ridiculous. There's an alien buried here, like <laughs> apparently. Yeah. Oh, that's the um- the Aurora Crash.
1: Yeah, the Aurora. Yeah. That one. That one cracks me up. That story. Yeah. That story gets me.
0: It's a fun it's- one.
1: There, I mean, there's one detail that just cracks me up, which is that the witnesses describe finding paperwork inside the craft. <laughs> you We're
0: can like... travel between stars, and you're using paper.
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> you're still
1: cutting down your flora to make, you know, <coughs> scratches on. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. it's
0: wonderful. It's a wonderful, wonderful story. Yeah, I, I could, I, I could. I could go on for a long time about the weird stuff yeah. in Texas but yeah. yeah
1: those are my honestly those when I first got into like really examining UFO stuff um, I was really turned off by stories like that that had those weird sort of anomalous you know details but yeah. now those yeah. have become my favorite ones yeah I, lo- I love like um the sighting that happened on Vancouver Island in the 80s. Um, it's usually discussed in connection with um, the Granger Taylor disappearance. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But like two nurses see a craft and they describe like a rope ladder falling out of it. Like dropping <laughs> down from the craft. <laughs> and I'm like, man, I just love the super weird shit like that. that yeah. like, I, don't, it's just, I think it says so much about about the connection between the witness's perception and the actual phenomena
0: that's that's what i was gonna say it kind of takes me back to the idea of like projection and and how we perceive these things versus uh, you know how and whether or not we actually put them out into the world you know maybe they actually did see some kind of a craft and it beamed down some kind of gravity ray and you know the only way they could think to explain that to themselves is oh and broke laterally. Like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe somewhere in the middle. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't
1: know. And of course, the classic example is like the Betty and Barney Hill, right? Where Barney sees th- what he describes as seeing them through glass windows in the craft, and they're like wearing Nazi suits. Like, yeah. they, they're dressed like Nazis. And I'm like, that's such, that's so appropriate for the time period. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, these scary, scary bad guys, guys. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, 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 That's yeah. that's what that's what they would have perceived as as a villainous persona yeah. at that time. So were they yeah, exactly. projecting that into this experience they had? I don't know. I don't know. I will say on the hills right. that I, I believe their story, and I'm generally, dick- I'm generally dickishly skeptical of abduction stories. But uh, yeah, no, I'm on board with the hills. I,
1: I, I feel like um, to me, it's like a foregone conclusion that the witness's perception has influence over the phenomena. But yeah. I think the real debate is whether there is an outside source that's intentionally shaping the experience to make sense to the observer, or if yeah. it's the actual perception of the person shaping it.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sense. like we read a lot today about, you know, the idea of ancient aliens and that maybe some of the gods and demons that our ancestors described were actually extraterrestrial or sure. extra dimensional <laughs> visitors. You yeah. know, wouldn't it be the same for us if we encountered beings so far beyond us that all we could think to describe it as is, well, they used a rope ladder? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. yeah. I mean, why it, wouldn't it
1: look like Quetzalcoatl, right? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yep. Quetzalcoatl was a dinosaur
1: yeah maybe must have been
0: <laughs> must have been
1: um so I wanted to talk a little bit about like how all this sort of boost in your your work has affected your like your personal life right yeah and I know like you mentioned you just had a baby right around yeah. the time that you got the book deal um and just recently you announced that you were, you had made like the transition to be, to do this full time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's another thing I can't believe is happening. Um, and that's another thing that wouldn't be happening if I didn't have, you know, my wife's support. Cause it, yeah. it, she, I mean, she makes more money than I do. Sure. <laughs> <So> <laughs> logistically it was, a, <laughs> it was a good decision, <laughs> but, yeah. um, I've always wanted to be an author and I've always wanted to be a stay at home dad. And I reached this intersection in life where, um, that became an option. So, you know, I'm, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) So my my full-time job is taking care of my little guy and, um, just enjoying these, these early days with him as much as I can. And it's the greatest thing I've ever experienced. I'm so happy. Um, but you know, I also have the opportunity to pursue this stuff as my primary outside dad thing (laughs) (laughs) and it's great man i love it like you know i'm I'm having i've got the opportunity to go and visit places that i've only researched i've got other projects coming up i wouldn't have had the time to chase before and um i had a career that was fine i was with the same company in the same industry for over 10 years and it it was fine i could have stayed there another 10 years but um i i Stopped loving it. Yeah. <laughs> I do love I this stuff. And obviously, I, I love being a dad and a husband. So, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm tremendously lucky, tremendously blessed or fortunate, whichever term you like, to be in this place yeah. in life right now. Even if it's temporary, um, I'm, I'm loving every minute of it. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like it's really easy
1: to convince yourself that you're like content doing something until you all of a sudden are faced with something that actually inspires true passion in yourself.
0: I would agree you know what with I mean? that. like yeah. like a child yeah, is born
1: right. or you know uh, an industry that you've always looked up to ha- starts to accept you. You know what I mean when like you're when in that- you
0: discover werewolves are real. Right. Yeah. <laughs> when but when things like that Try happen, that one on. right? <laughs>
1: When things like that happen, I think it really like it puts puts things in perspective, for sure. Yeah, you know what it I mean. Really and it, it would it be really easy does. to. I feel like it'd be easy, like in your situation, you, how you said you didn't love it anymore, and it's like, well, that makes a lot of sense because you found like actual love. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You found things that. That your your former contentment paled in comparison to, you know
0: yeah, what I mean? That's a, that's a really good description. Yeah, and like I don't want to sound ungrateful because I, I have a lot of friends of that I met working in in that industry, and you know a lot of people who supported me, and um, I got to do some really cool stuff. It just yeah. in that job that I'm still really proud of. But, um, you know, when you get a chance to do the thing you've wanted to do since you were five years old, yep. You know, you do it <laughs> <laughs> no, of course man yeah <laughs> course. i wanted to be a writer ever since i learned that that was a thing that people could do yep. like so oh, i can I'm right I can, there with I you. Write? you know what that's like yeah you know then having this past year go by where my favorite production company approached me and asked me if i wanted to have my writing adapted into a book and a felt like anybody who's ever written anything has daydreamed about that moment. I don't care. Oh, I'd I'd never let my writing be a movie because they'd get it wrong. I don't care. You've daydreamed about it. I don't care. Um, And it was every bit as cool as I imagined it would be. (laughs) Yeah, that's so good. That's so good to hear. Well,
1: all of us who have sort of been along on the ride for you these past couple years, I know, I'll just speak for everyone. I feel confident doing that. That we're like (laughs) super happy and super proud of everything awesome. you've done in the last year like Thank you, it's brother. honestly it's like it's inspirational to the rest of us you know it that really is lot.
0: that means a lot because yeah. you guys you guys inspire me like speaking specifically about you and the people i know you're referring to they're are too many for me to name right now. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, you guys inspired me to start this stuff and stick with it in the first place, you know? So that's, that's, that's a really cool thing to hear. Cause we all, <laughs> you know, I think we all elevate each other when we, when we support yeah. each other.
1: I agree. I, I remember talking with Ryan after the first time I did a clubhouse with you and telling him like that, like that dude's going to make shit that matters. I honestly like I remember having that that. conversation and thanks for you know not making me a liar
0: (laughs) (laughs) I hope it I hope it matters to somebody you know I hope again if nothing else there's some cool history in here that that I think people who at least people who live in Texas or who have been to Texas would be interested in I mean Um, but it's like monster fest Aaron (laughs) people care about it that's really blowing my mind people I've never seen before yeah you know never met came up to me and said i've been so excited to read this book i was really excited to meet you you know would you please sign this for me and that's the other thing that every writer dreams about probably Mm -hmm. more than like you know having something you wrote adapted into film is having someone say will you sign this for me and like you know i'll try not to be too emotional about it but that meant so much and that was so cathartic and and nice and like if you're listening to this and you came up to me at monster fest thank you so much because you legit made my weekend you know yeah. even one of those interactions would have been uh one of those like core memories that i'm going to keep forever and there were a bunch of them like yeah that's awesome <laughs> that's, that's so, so cool that's such a that's such a nice thing to experience so yeah you know, it's like raw validation it really is you know cuz you yeah. you work on this stuff and it, it's you know it takes a lot of time to to put it all together and you you wonder like is anybody going to be interested in this? Like, am I just shouting into a vacuum? Werewolves yep. are real. <laughs> Which they are. Damn it. But I mean, honestly, that might be the most appropriate thing to shout into a vacuum. I've well, you know, That's the safest place to try it out. And I've been kicking that. I, I, you know hats off to jonathan dodd for taking that and putting it on a shirt i love it so much Um, and now stm has been using it in marketing stuff you know werewolves makes me so happy but i remember the first time i said that at a party um you know with some of our friends in austin just a few of us got together not even really a party just like one of those one of those hangout things that the young people do and and <laughs> i said that i was like you guys know werewolves are real and i distinctly remember the looks on their faces <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> so yes, oh. very validating.
1: <laughs> That's, you know, shit like that is why my wife doesn't make me go to work parties
0: anymore with her. <laughs> <laughs> See, my my wife's coworkers are all uh veterinary techs. Uh-huh. So and they actually get right oh yeah you know they they when the conversations you know kicks off right they get really into the cryptozoology stuff yeah um and and you can get them talking about at least in in my experience i've gotten to pick people's brains on like what do you think about bigfoot what do you think about werewolves and it's fun to get that scientific take on it that's just a little aside so well not really no it's it's relevant to the project because sarah was kind of my primary like grounded in reality slash veterinary consultant on this thing and also yeah. Courtney at Small Town Monsters, she's an RVT so that yeah. that veterinary perspective man, sorry, so you were going to say something
1: Oh, that's cool. My, my conversations that got me, you know, out of those responsibilities were more about like the nature of interdimensionality and, you know <laughs> trying to talk with like 22 year old vet techs about like esoteric writings and
0: yeah. yeah so you know if you think about it Jack Parsons might have seen Bigfoot <laughs> Yeah, exactly Right. Uh, oh, I'm talking like I remember a specific
1: moment sitting with this woman that my wife she was I mean I think she'd only worked at the clinic for like two weeks she didn't know she didn't really know anybody <laughs> yet and I remember like sitting across from this poor girl and spending a half an hour talking about, like, the, all the connections between <laughs> um, between um, Alistair Crowley and um, Jack Parsons and L. Ron Hubbard. And I'm like, did you know that, like, all this, you know... Thelema actually was a huge influence on Scientology and like all this shit. She's that just poor, that there. poor,
0: young, that poor young young professional lady. I know. I had,
1: I felt bad for her afterward. My wife was like, "What did you
0: do to her? Like, she doesn't make eye contact with anyone. Yeah. She's lost like forty pounds. <laughs> exactly. I was like,
1: I think I melted the poor girl's brain."
0: <laughs> uh. That's what was so cool about Monster Fest is is you could literally. I think I mentioned this to you earlier. Every time you turned around, someone is debating the nature of Bigfoot, you know, or yep. discussing the esoteric nature of the Bridgewater Triangle. Oh um, yeah. At one at one point, I, I intruded on a conversation between Micah Hanks and uh, Stan Gordon, and I say intruded because I saw them sitting together from across the restaurant and i said i'm going over there um (laughs) (laughs) but they were both you know is oh yeah you don't you don't not seize that opportunity mike is a great guy and he and i have talked before and and hung out a couple times awesome dude we ended up uh doing most of our travel home together because we had the same connecting flights and the same layovers Uh, great guy and of course like stan gordon you know who is stan gordon is stan gordon like who doesn't want to pick his brain a little bit so i went over and just sat down and they're like oh hey how's it going you know um we're just chit-chatting about all this weird stuff bigfoot and ufos and and you know all this crazy stuff that all of us love to talk about but you know hearing those guys discuss it (laughs) over dinner was just so surreal so surreal see like when
1: you you mentioned earlier how um excited everyone was at at monster fest, right? Like yeah, yeah. and I think I think the, the source of that is the fact that all of us weirdos go through normal life every day with all of these thoughts that a lot of times feel like they can't really be shared. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I again, think to you feel you're in a vacuum like, on it sometimes,
1: yeah. yeah. And to suddenly like be dropped into what miraculously feels like a safe space to actually discuss all these things that are constantly bouncing around your brain. Yeah. I think I definitely understand the excitement.
0: Yeah. And then then you just like, you know, not even on the paranormal spectrum, you find that you have mutual interests outside of that stuff with a lot of people very organically, you know, like I have a, I have a, Mecha Godzilla tattoo on my arm, and mm-hmm. I, I ran into two other people sporting Mecha Godzilla at this event. That's awesome! <laughs> so yeah. you're having all these other cool conversations, very organically, with with people that you know y- you share all these weird interests with. So it's just a good, just a good time. Yeah, that's a good. That's place my to favorite
1: be. thing. That's been my favorite thing so far is when I I run into people and I'm like, and I realize we would be friends no matter what. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. when I first met Matt Shang, when we first oh, sat down and talked, Maddie. I obviously we share a lot of interests that are in this niche, but like we ended up accidentally talking about music for two hours before we even recorded.
0: Dude, yeah. Like and Matt's the yeah. kind of guy that like you can just sit down and talk to and, and yeah. all of a sudden it's been two hours. Yeah. yeah. Great. Absolutely. Dude. I mean I have to the same experiences with you. Yeah. yeah.
1: Every time we sit down to do an interview, we end up starting an hour and a half to two hours after we plan on starting. Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that's, you know, again, like the community, like it's not just, oh, we talked about Bigfoot. We found some cool evidence. We wrote a cool article, like all that stuff's great and and it's galvanizing and I love it. But, you know, you also have that human connection that I think is is very valuable. Yeah, Yeah. Very necessary. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that
1: I've always been attracted to scenes, for lack of a better term, but <laughs> like scenes that are sort of like I want to say like grassroots scenes. Yeah, right. Like yeah. I was always attracted to like the punk scene when I played music. I was always attracted to like the the punk and the hardcore scenes because like the the ego isn't really there. Everybody, it feels like everybody's on the same level, on the same page. Like the people you've been talking about running into, right? Like even fucking Stan Gordon.
0: Dude. Well, yeah. like
1: when you walk over to his table, he's like, hey, how you doing? And you sit down and have a conversation. And you yeah. know, it's easy to think of these people as being like on another level. But when you zoom out, like we're all in a tiny bandwidth. You know yeah. what I mean? Compared yeah. to society at large. Oh, yeah. So I, I've always liked scenes like that. I've always yeah. really gotten along in in scenes that operate that way.
0: Well, so. even like people that have obtained this level of like, you know, what we would call celebrity within the niche. You know, Shannon LeBrow, right. uh, you know, a lot of people right. came to this event to meet Shannon Seth. and Seth, yeah. you know, of course, You know, they're, they're still just like regular cool people. Sure. You know, and it's 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 weird <laughs> in a good way, in a very yeah. good way. It's very surreal, you know, to see yep. people who are, are so admired, you know, also just be like, I, I just make stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I mean,
1: I again, it reminds me of the music scene that I came up in because I remember like being so obsessed and idolizing, you know, people like I don't like Tim Armstrong from Rancid. You know what I mean? Like just that he was like the, the biggest celebrity ever. And it's like that dude, when you really think about it, that dude can walk through pretty much any shopping center in America and probably not really get noticed. You yep. know, other than like, that's a 50 year old guy dressed like a fucking punk rocker. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah. Like he would not get noticed for a celebrity very often because again, it's like a tiny bandwidth. You know, even later when I was into, like, metal and metalcore and in that scene, like, looking up to the dudes in, like, Under Oath. And they were, yeah. like, you know, they were really as famous as anyone got in that scene was people who could pay their bills yeah. on their music. Yeah. You know, that's about as famous. That's the glass ceiling for those yeah. kind of genres. You know what I mean? Um, So, I don't know. I, I yeah. like scenes like Well, no, like and ours, ours is similar. Yeah. Them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You, you see people that have reached a point that, like, I mean, for lack of a better term, like you said, yeah. Not that that's a bad way to describe it. Um, but yeah, like it pays the bills you're able to focus on this stuff and and provide the life that you want to for your family. Like that's, that's ultimately the goal. Like, you know, I'm not looking to buy a private Island, but if I can hang out with my kid and, and, you know, create stuff that I can pass on to him one day, that's the goal,
1: you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, yeah, I've had this conversation with Ryan a bunch of times. Like, I don't. The goal isn't to like be on People Magazine. You
0: know what yeah. I mean? Like that'd it's be not fine.
1: Like, you know? Sure. Okay,
0: sure. I'll sell out tomorrow, but you know, <laughs> yeah,
1: right. <laughs> but like, the odds are our niche will will ultimately be a limitation, right? Yeah, like, that's yeah. the reality of the situation when you're when you're in like a, a niche like this. Yeah, um, it's not reality which is, TV. It's you know. totally fine. You right. You have to be. You got to be realistic. Well, right. Sometimes it is. Sorry, I take that back. But yeah, yeah. That's true. It is sometimes reality (laughs) TV. I mean, and honestly, the people who tend to break out of that, the Zach Bagginses of the world. Yeah. Right. Um, they don't garner a whole lot of respect in the actual community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you kind of have to. You have to start... When you get to that level, you have to start diluting everything sort of for the masses. You know what I mean? You have to reach
0: for that lowest common denominator. And, like... Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't mean to sound so patronizing and gross about it, but, like, some people just want to watch spooky ghost shows where someone... Says, did you hear that? And then screams and runs down the hallway and, and possibly yeah. trips and falls. That's that's what some people want, and that's still engagement with the unsolved. Like that's still yeah. an interest in the paranormal, and I'm here yeah. for it. You know, it's I, an entry point for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Like I yeah. I, I love old school ghost adventures. If you watch the sure. first doc that they put out, like before yes. it was a TV show, it's gold. Some of the best documented evidence I think we have in the paranormal world. And like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's been debunked since then. And I'm I'm talking out my ear i don't know but you know that that content engaged me early on and that show still engages people to this day and there are kids who are going to watch ghost adventures with their parents and then grow up and document you know irrefutable evidence like it's just going to happen so you know there's value in that yeah yeah agreed
1: speaking of all that um you recently went on a ghost
0: hunt right i did we did yeah how's that It was really cool. I thought it was uneventful, and then I started going back through evidence, and it may still be uneventful, but no, we did an overnight stay in the Menger Hotel um, in downtown San Antonio. It was built in the 1800s. Very old, storied history. It's gone through different phases. Um, It's right next to the Alamo, and the Alamo is deeply haunted. Um, A lot of history there, of course. Um, There are 32 documented spirits, quote unquote in the hotel I don't know how you get that number I don't know how you tell <laughs> one ghost from the other I expect sure. I I expect people have answers but I haven't dug quite that deep yet uh, but yeah. no we, we we stayed overnight and we set up some kind of passive recording equipment while we were out and um, I have a couple moisture and temperature readers that are really, really sensitive. And I left those in there. Um, The weirdest thing though, is that we, we had a portable voice recorder we were using just to kind of talk through what we were doing as we did it. Uh, And going back through that audio later, I found some spots where there's, there's some static Um, and that recorder has never picked up static before. And it just so happened to be at the part where we like, you know, introduced ourselves to any potential spirits that might be in the room. Kind of did an invocation and, and said, "Hey, we're here. You know, th- these are the rules, and, and <laughs> yeah, this is this is this stuff we brought with us. If you want to talk to it, Um and then we start picking up all this weird static. So and then we had some other things. Some stuff got knocked over that sh- probably shouldn't have gotten knocked over. I don't think. Nice. Uh, so." that was a long way of answering your question, but yes, we did do kind of a a ghost thing recently. Yeah.
1: I mean, are you planning on sort of turning that into content? Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd like to make it an episode of our podcast. Um, It'll all go into uh, something I I affectionately refer to as the strange archive, which is a collection of all our evidence and travel photos and stuff like that, Um, which will be available in the future. Excellent. Um, uh, Yeah. Yeah. There's more to put out. Um, I'm still going through evidence. I have four potential evidence. I have four hours of audio on cassette tapes because I have an old school cassette recorder. Nice. And I just let it run. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't think there is an efficient way to go through that. I think I'm just going to like. Probably not. Yeah. Like, I think I'm just going to plug my headphones into it while Ezra's napping and, and see what I get. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the main reason I haven't put a lot out yet Because I'm still going through stuff yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll kick myself if I throw together a quick episode for the podcast And then a year from now I'm like, oh, finally going to listen to this tape <laughs> There'll be a 20 minute speech from a, a ghost speaking perfect French Telling me, you know, <laughs> his name and dates of birth and death and stuff
1: I personally, and I know I'm not alone in this I'm really looking forward to Hey Strangeness coming back Thank you, I appreciate
0: that. We're, yeah, we're working I miss on it, it. desperately. <laughs> it's taking it's taking longer than I would like, um, but we're kind of just establishing new routines and yeah. you know reorienting. But no, we've actually done some recording. We've got most of an episode done, so that's exciting. Yeah, that's
1: what yeah, was the last episode you guys
0: put out? Uh, the Caracas Dwarves, the the hairy attacker. How yeah. long ago was that? Over a year. <laughs> we basically just like did a season and then ended it without telling anybody. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're coming back for season two pretty soon. Yeah.
1: Excellent. You know what? If you yeah, take I'm a year off to write and publish a fucking book and documentary, I think you're allowed to do that. That's my <laughs>
0: excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that will, that and of course the baby thing that gets you out of a lot of stuff. <laughs> I, I will say you
1: probably you probably should have taken the opportunity like the use the platform to talk about the book.
0: And that that <laughs> that was the one thing I wish I could have done throughout this process, but it it, yeah. it came down to finishing it, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. <Fair laughs> or enough. not not finishing it. Yeah,
1: yeah. It would have been cool to have like monthly updates. You know what I mean? Like while you were that would off, have been just, cool. even yeah. if it's just like a quick five, seven minutes of you just coming on and like, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm working on. I'm talking to so yeah. and so today. You
0: that know? would have been cool. That would have been cool. And and I'm thinking we're thinking about experimenting with kind of like different formats and um different styles of show for the next yeah. season. Like the next episode will kind of be in our traditional format where it's you know me and sarah talking about a thing and her basically having had enough of my nonsense by the end of the show (laughs) um and then going forward from there like with the the menger hotel stuff we might do something a little different we'll we'll see we'll see that's That's the that's the cool thing about
1: maybe some like audio drop-ins and stuff like that. yeah yeah for
0: sure for sure that um you know we may look at bringing guests on and kind of merging strange conversations with it in a way because it's hard to do two podcasts you know there you go a, that's why i haven't for a year <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so i don't know there, there's some stuff we're talking about and working through but um with the book coming out the movie coming out with the the release date having been announced today uh, yeah that that's where a lot of my <laughs> a lot of my energy <laughs> is right now yeah fair <laughs> enough fair enough yeah i um
1: well, if you guys decide to have guests on, I expect to see you in my inbox.
0: Oh, <laughs> of course. Putting of that course. out there. Yeah. No, that's, that's a given, dude.
1: <laughs> Excellent. All right. So before we go, um, tell the people where to find you, where to follow you, and anything cool you have coming up that you want them to check out
0: yeah uh, you can follow uh, most of what we're doing at uh, on Instagram at hey underscore strangeness and then uh, heystrangeness.com com is a is an actual website that exists I haven't updated it in well, a couple weeks. It hasn't been that long. Uh, but there's some articles up there. There's links to our podcast and some other fun stuff. Um, our merch store will be coming back pretty soon. We've got some pretty cool original designs on there. And then a couple other things that we're hoping to premiere. Uh, if if I can finish them in time. Um, and then, of course, uh, please do check out the Texas Dogman Triangle, which you can get on Amazon. It is currently sold out in the Small Town Monsters e-store, so I do excellent. recommend get getting it from Small Town Monsters if you can, which you'll be able to do very soon um, but it is also available on Amazon, and then the companion film, The Dogman Triangle Werewolves in the Lone Star State, also from Small Town Monsters, uh, will be out uh, on the 27th of this month, and if you backed the Kickstarter campaign, you'll see it before that, so yeah,
1: excellent that, man, so much
0: I'm I'm not smart enough to have to remember this (laughs) many things. (laughs) I have a notebook right here. It's all written down. (laughs) Excellent.
1: If you want to follow Aaron and all the incredible shit that he's doing these days, um, links to everything he just mentioned will be in the episode description. So just open it up and get in there and get it. You both deserve it. Thanks.
0: Um, Thank you,
1: dude. This was awesome. Always, I'm, yeah. I really yeah.
0: enjoyed catching up. Me too, man. Thanks for having me. I'm sorry we had to reschedule so much, uh, dude. But, but we did it. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's
1: we. I mean, we both we we both have families and real lives. So we understand. <laughs>
0: yeah, just, yeah, just 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 families. <laughs> yeah, that's all. Thanks, man. Yes, sir. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan, I'm Jordan, and remember campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown.